Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. Guys, welcome back to another episode of Worst First. Uh, hang 10. Uh, you live in Larchmont. You're like, hang in. Hang loose. Mm. You don't live in Malibu. You can't do that. I'm dead. I know, I know. Um, my guest this week is Maz Jabrani. Am I saying it right? You I nailed am. it. I, did. I love that you nailed that. I've heard your name for years. Brittany, you're he's, awesome. He's a daddy. He's a podcast host. He's most like, you most likely know him for his comedy. He's an actor. He's a baker. I'm a spokesperson for bald people all over the world, ladies. I, you know, the one thing I don't do is bake, Brittany. You just, don't bake? Okay, so I lied. You're not bro, a baker. Bro, bro. I would love to. You know what the problem is? I would love to do all that cooking stuff. Yeah. Are you good? Are you cook? You know what? I did until I like, started married my husband because my husband's an amazing chef. Oh, really? And I came into the relationship like, oh, I can make this. I can make that. I'm Italian. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah, let me get some chicken parm, all this. Oh, yeah. And then my husband just was letting me do this, kind of, you know, placating me. And uh-huh. then one day he's like, let me cook for you. And he cooks this insane, like, oh. five-star dish. And wow. I'm like, all right, well, I'm never cooking again. See, that's the thing. Like, I need to have the patience for it. I honestly, like, I think as a stand-up comedian, yeah. one thing we do is you reflect on your past. And I'm sure you've done it oh, all as- the time. Someone who's, you know, in entertainment, you yeah. do it as well. Yeah. And I've reflected on it and I realized I think I have like a low attention span for the, for like, I've been, for example, we we're talking about kids, right? right? So I have kids and I, and there's been times where they say, we're having a parent conference. So you sit there and someone's giving a presentation and I'm just wandering off because I can't. And I realized stand up comedy is a perfect thing for me because I have to pay attention yes, for 15 minutes yourself. or an hour to myself yeah. and to you. And then I'm done. And so with that in mind, I don't know if I have the patience to cook the way your husband does the cooking. Like I do, there's a few things. I don't know. I got to maybe, I keep saying it. I have this glamorous idea in my head that I'm going to go to Italy one summer and spend the whole summer in a cooking class and then come back and be like, hey, pasta (laughs) parmigiana, you know, whatever. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't don't know. It's not going to happen. So, okay, so you have a podcast right now called Back to School, yes. which you do. And I, I love that idea. And I was asking you what, you know, why back to school? And you said because you have kids. Yes. So what happened was my kids would ask me questions I didn't know the answers for. Uh-huh. And so I thought rather than Googling it again, let me get experts in here and we can learn from them. So every episode starts with my kids asking a question. And then we go into it with the experts and it's called Back to School with Maz Jobrani. And what's amazing, it's just become like what, what I'm sure your podcast has become uh, an opportunity to just talk to different people. Of course. So for me too, well, I'll be like reading an article and it'll say something like, you know, Professor John Schlemansky, who's an expert on, you know, ext- right, ex- extreme, uh, extreme right uh, fundamentalist, whatever, whatever. I'm like, oh, this sounds like an interesting dude. Let me track them down and I'll bring them on. So I've had on like there was a lady named Jill Heinerth who's a cave diver. She goes underneath Whoa. glaciers. Yeah, like to find lit other organisms. I just had this Where dude, does she do that? Like she, in cold places or warm places? You na- Listen, man. Anywhere. This lady, people, if you're watching, Jill Heinerth, look up the book. She wrote this book about how she got into scuba diving and all that stuff. And so what's happened is scientists that are looking for different organisms will reach out to her and they'll say, help us scuba dive to go underneath. They go underneath glaciers. So one of the stories she tells is about how they went underneath this glacier and there's like four or five of them. When you dive like that, you got to have ropes. That's so deep. Girl. Like how deep are we talking? Like, I don't know the depth, but it's just, you feel claustrophobic when she's telling you underneath a glacier, it's frozen. So you got gloves on, whatever. You're all in like this, you know, this, this super hypothermic, whatever outfit. And they're all tied to ropes so they can, you know, 
help each other if somebody gets lost or stuck. All of a sudden, she says, the glacier starts to crack, and then they feel the, the then this this rush of water is starting to go against them. And she goes, I'm there, and I'm thinking to myself, if we get in trouble and we get stuck somehow, we have to have some, you know, the best scuba divers come and rescue us. And then I look around, I realize the best scuba divers are with me. I'm one of the she's one of the best and oh she's my God. dude i was like oh my and like the thing cracks and they get through it and then they go up on on the boat and then all of a sudden they get on the boat just in time to see the whole glacier just fall apart and they would have been underneath of it they would have been underneath it so there's these types of people like that that you go holy shit and you go i want to talk to that person yeah and it also inspires you you know again as a comedian i'm like oh man if i'm having a hard day I'm like shit this girl was underneath the fucking this bitch almost killed by a glacier you know what i mean like exactly. i'm beeping at people on the 101 i think i got problems you know <laughs> exactly. what i mean that's crazy yeah so it's become a good excuse i've had her on i had a guy who helped land the rover on mars whoa does he say aliens are real did you, you ask him that? I think we might have asked him that, but he what he's a scientist, so he'll say things like, "Well, there's living, there's there's life on Mars." Okay, you know? so that's a yes. That's a yes. Don't fucking give me those scientific <laughs> answers, okay? <laughs> According to data, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, there's living things. Okay, yes. Yeah, so there's aliens. There's aliens. Technically, there's got to be aliens. There they has just they to don't be. look like ET. They just look like little germs. I think there's big ones. You think there's big ones I like ET? Oh shit! For sure. Oh, shit. Are you kidding me? Didn't you hear about the whole? But you think they're looking at us and going like, "These motherfuckers are just a mess. We don't want to talk yeah, to them duh. at all." The, we're the lowest on the totem pole in terms of intelligence. We are like we're the Florida of <laughs> the universe. No offense, Florida. <laughs> offense, are. Florida. We are. You know? And so I think they probably are like, we're just gonna avoid because we think as, as as human beings, we think. Oh, if they found us, they'd want to fight us. They want our this. They want no. Our they don't want to fight us. We are. They're worried about us wanting to fight them because we're so we're so stupid, scared. Yes, yeah, you know? space. So like, oh, get the fuck out of here! I'll fucking capture you and dissect you. Space force. Space force. It's so stupid because what it is is I bet you the reason we'll never find actual those aliens you're talking about. Yeah. Because every time we show up, they're like, oh shit, the the the, the, the humans are here. Hide. Everybody hide. Exactly. They all just go hide in the corner, like, and they're just like, just don't find us because we don't want to deal with your bullshit. Exactly. And we're so dramatic. Like if we if they came here, they know that it would be pandemonium because people are so fucking psycho. Like they're peaceful, but of course, us with our Independence Day movies and all that we're scared and can so you, we, um, can you imagine the first alien that gets on twitter and is like yo i just want to say i just got here from mars and hey earth peace and people would be like peace this motherfucker dead. like you're a fucking idiot you know people um, would be i just don't think we'd be able to handle it and i think the government would try to capture them and dissect them and, yes. they, and they know that they're too smart so they're just gonna they're just watching us from a distance but like and I talk about this on like every episode, but like, you know, basically I feel like they're watching us destroy our planet and they're like, please stop doing that. Cause if we fuck up earth, it ruins the whole, of you know, course solar we, system. Are the, we are the worst because, the worst. because what it is, is I just thought of this cause you, you know, we talked about earlier about reflecting on your past. If you reflect on human beings, we are always trying to control everything. Everything. That's our problem. Yep. We're trying to control everything. And that's where all the conspiracy theories come from. That's where everything comes. There's an explanation for everything. Oh, no, the pandemic's not real because it's somebody who's doing this. There's a reason. Everything's got a reason. Yeah. What about it's just Mother Nature? Yeah. That was Mother Nature saying, hey, motherfuckers, stay Slow home down. for a minute. Slow down. Let me heal. So I can clean the earth. Remember how beautiful the skies looked? That what was, about Venice canals? They completely went, the water in Venice was clear. It was the first time in like hundreds of years you could see the water, swans, nature. That's mother nature going, listen, stop trying to control this shit with your yeah. bullshit. You know, it's, it's, you're so right. And that's why if there's aliens out there, they're watching us and going like, oh, these motherfuckers. I know. I almost feel like they like, I, I know there's so many theories, but I almost feel like it was either nature that released this virus itself or you know it was created and released by accident but like you know nothing happens by accident everything happens for a reason you know we needed to give earth a break i think we earth really needed did. a break yeah. i really do and really it's been did. and we need you know it's funny i've been you know, as a stand-up comedian i haven't toured really i've done yeah. a couple of tours but it's like we got a we got a pandemic puppy you know i was just talking about the dogs oh yeah i was not a dog person my whole life why because the culture i grew up in a lot of immigrant cultures don't like dogs. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in Northern California, but oh. my family, I was born in Iran. Okay, okay. So Middle Easterners yeah. don't like dogs. Okay. Even like in Islam, and I'm not religious, but yeah. in Islam, they say that like a dog is najes. Najes means like dirty. Aww. And like, so if you're in Iran, they're like, they're roaming the streets and shit, but now probably more there's pets. But back yeah, then, nobody. there'd be wild dogs and 
like I had a pet rooster. Uh-huh. So the rooster, I guess, was okay. But it wasn't like a rooster that I'd play with. And they be like, liked the rooster more than the dog? Dude, you don't even know. First of all, <laughs> I was like four years old or something. And my dad, because my, you know, my dad was a successful businessman back in Iran. So we had our like uh, our vacation home by yeah. the by the, uh, by the the sea. Uh-huh. And we had our home back in Tehran. Uh-huh. So when we go to the sea, the home by the sea, he had, I had a rooster. And he'd be like, that's your rooster. And I, <laughs> I, it's funny, I've talked about it in my stand-up. Because I go, I never really saw the rooster. I was just here like, I was like, that's my rooster. And that's all I had. You never got to play with it? I never played with a rooster. I'm fucking four years old. I'm not going to go play with a rooster. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> like, so then how? what made you guys come here to the United States? So in late 78, there was protests in the streets of Iran. Mm-hmm. And so my father was a successful businessman in New York doing business. Tells my mom, hey, why don't you bring me and my older sister, bring them out for a couple weeks during the winter break. The protest will die down. You guys can go back afterwards. And what happened was the protests got more and more and eventually led to the revolution of 1979 where mm. the whole regime of the Shah toppled and this regime of the mullahs, the, the religious groups came in. And so I always say it's a very common story. A lot of Iranians came for, well, we came for two weeks and we stayed for 40 whatever years. Wow. And that's why I'm a big advocate when it comes to any kind of immigrant yeah. uh, stuff because when Trump got in and did that travel ban, yeah. I got so upset about that and I got even more upset at fellow Iranians or fellow other other immigrants uh-huh. who turned around and they were like, well, yeah, this is, it's right. They should, you know, we should close the borders and have people come in uh, through some system that's going to be more extreme vetting. And I go, motherfuckers, it's already extreme vetting. Yeah. Because there's a lot of like immigrants who go, well, I came legally. I go, listen, first of all, if you came illegally, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you probably had the privilege or some sort of connection. money and connection to do yeah. it. And thirdly, some, a lot of people came illegally, but then gained legal status. Right. And even those who go to the border and they claim political asylum, that's a legal thing. That yeah. is, they're showing up and going, "Look, there's a gang in El Salvador who's trying to kill, kill me. me." Yeah. You know, I'm here, and so so things were dangerous in Iran when you in were Iran. There. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, what do you remember? Well, listen, I remember I was four. I was uh, at the time when I came. I was six. So, first of all, before the revolution in Iran. It was like being in America. I mean, uh, there was such American culture that the, our biggest export is our culture. Uh-huh. So whether it's like Rambo or it's, uh, um, you know, speaking of Rambo real quickly, just a side note, U.S. and Iran became enemies after the Iranians took the Americans hostage in the hostage crisis of okay. the early 80s. Okay. At that point, I'm in America. I'm a kid. Um, Americans being the meatheads that we are. Um, they basically figure, oh, I should pick on this kid who's Iranian, even though my family left the government that took Americans hostage. Mm-hmm. I'm actually on your side, yeah. but you're going to pick on me and others. Yeah. And I've heard so many, so, like mine wasn't that bad. They used to call me fucking Iranian, which is fine given like, I know people that got beaten up. I know people that they say they were shot at, all kinds of shit. Yeah. But a side note, these two countries became enemies. But just to show you, how much American culture gets exported. I met a guy years later who was in Iran in the mid 80s when Iran and America were big, big enemies, but Iran was at war with Iraq, its neighbor. Uh And he said, he goes, he goes, I was like 14. This kid goes, he goes, I was like 14, 15. He goes back then, even back then when they would say, America's the great Satan. He goes to inspire us to go fight the Iraqis on the war field. He goes, they literally, they would play Rambo. So we would watch John Rambo, like American <laughs> hero number one. He goes, we'd come out of the theater. We'd start karate kicking each other. And then our like mullah, whoever the leader was, the platoon leader, would be like, that's what you got to do to the Iraqis. Go get them. Oh, <laughs> so, my gosh. Yeah, so American culture is all over the place. Yeah. So as a kid in Iran, I used to like, I had Spider-Man uh, comic books, mm-hmm. Zorro. Muhammad Ali was huge right. because he was a Muslim, so Muslim countries loved him. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm not being religious, but they, but he was just big, mm-hmm. and so that's what I knew. And then I come to America, and at first, I'm, you know, I'm six years old. Mm-hmm. My father, because he was, uh, he was successful. He he had a he had a, a suite at the Plaza Hotel. Oh, nice in New York, nice. across the street at that time from FAO Schwartz. Oh my God. If you got, see, you guys, I don't know if you're going to remember this. The FAO Schwartz in New York was the jam. Biggest like, toy store in the world. Oh, my. 
In the movie Big. You're so lucky. In the movie Big. That's I've the gotten toy to go store. there like twice, and that was like the best days of my life. Dude, the best days. And so oh. imagine I'm this kid who shows up like, you know, listen, a lot of stories I hear people go like, I had to escape Iran on a donkey back and over the Afghan mountains. You're like, I flew first class and had baby caviar. Bro, I was on Pan Am first class. <laughs> I was landed You're at the Plaza so Hotel lucky. across from FAO Shorts. So I was say- If the plane flew right into FAO Girl. Shorts, you're like, God damn, my <laughs> life is good. I'm dead. I was like, America. So America. yeah, I was like, well, this revolution's really working out for me. You know, I was getting toys. I was like hanging out with my sister. We're having like, we would order room service. They'd bring us strawberries with whipped cream. I go, America's the best fucking country in the world. All right. So that was out the gate. Right. Um, but then, you know, then we moved to Northern California. I grew up in Marin. Again, very privileged, like, upbringing. Yeah. But looking back on it as, you know, the psychology that you go through, I realized, first of all, I realized I never felt American enough and I never felt Iranian enough. So you were like in between. You're like always not accepted by being by people in Iran, not accepted by Americans because they see you as Iranian, and you that's hard. Yeah, well, it's hard as a, as a kid. You're just trying to blend in, right? So as a, as a kid, first of all, you're getting all the fucking Iranian stuff, but also yeah. like culturally speaking, my culture. You're you're Italian. Italian culture is closer to the Iranian culture than the Amer- American culture is very much individualistic, cold. You're mm-hmm. 18, get out. You know question your parents, question your authorities. Our culture, Italian. They're like, stay as long as you want. Eat some more. Eat some more. you know. You know, listen to your father. Your father knows best. Listen to your mother. All that stuff. So grew up with a lot of that. It's so funny you say that because my grandmother actually, my grandparents had to come from Italy. And so my grandmother used to avoid the sun because she's like, you're more olive, your skin tone. And I usually get pretty, pretty tan too, but she used to have to avoid the sun because- people would be mean to her when she was tan. Yeah. And her name was Philomena. Yeah. And she had to change it to yeah. just Phyllis yeah. because she couldn't get a job. Yeah. She was a nurse and then like she tried to do nursing here and they were like, Philomena, you're, what are you, like a foreigner? And then, That goes to everything I say. I've learned to be so, um, I, I've always wanted to be an advocate for the underdog. Yeah. No matter who it is. Yeah. Whether it's a, an a, a ethnic thing, religious thing. Uh, a sexual thing. I'm yeah. always, cause I go there. That's a human being. Yeah. And also your turn, you either had your turn or your turn's coming. Right. Don't think that by siding with the side that goes, Oh, you know, like what, like a lot of my friends, look, politically speaking, I'm very left leaning. And a lot of my, I have friends that are very right leaning. So during like black lives matter, a lot of my friends were like, well, black people should care for themselves. I'm like, motherfucker. I go, first of all, do you have any black friends? I go, if you talk to a black friend, because as a comedian, I read an, uh, a, a post from another comedian who was saying, because you don't know this stuff until you talk to them. Right. The guy goes, yeah, you know, uh, watching all this stuff with the cops and what they're doing to, you know, black people. He goes, he goes, one time I was on my way to go meet Keenan Ivory Wayans for this big presentation, get pulled over by a cop. I'm all like dressed, ready to go. And he goes, next thing I know, my head's in the ground. There's oil on my face. The guy's like holding me down. I'm like, holy shit, that's just heartbreaking. Yeah. So I like, I brought it up to like my rich, uh, you know, conservative Persian friends. I was like, do you have any black friends the guy my, one of them goes you know there is a black guy i play tennis with and he says whenever he comes to brentwood he gets pulled over i'm like yeah there it's, uh, that's the thing is like i didn't even realize it either is like my my one of my girlfriends said to me she's like when you get pulled over do you fear for your life and i said no why would i fear for my life exactly. and she goes when i get pulled over i fear for my life yeah. like i say the wrong thing i do the wrong thing and i could get shot yeah. and i'm like that to me was like I didn't even think about that because to us we're like oh I get pulled over, but that doesn't happen to other well, ethnicities. To I don't, you? think, you don't like, think like I don't think like it all depends, right? Yeah, so because like, I've heard ra- like people being racist across the board. Well, look if you're like it depends on obviously color of your skin and right. how you look, right? So I mean, I I personally have had less experience, racist experiences towards myself, uh-huh. but my mom who has an accent, you know, yeah. she she was you know later in her life when she came to America, like right after September 11th. Yeah. That's when she said one time she, she was at Costco uh-huh. and uh, there was a cart that was left there and somebody was obviously getting something and my mom was trying to get to a product that was behind the cart. So she moves the cart to get her product, puts it in her cart. This lady comes back and goes, who moved my cart? And my mom with her accent, I did, it was in my way. I had to move it. And the first thing the lady says to her, she goes, why don't you go back to your country right away? And then my mom goes, this is my country. 
And then the lady took her, took her own car, starts walking away and turns to my mom and goes, bitch. And my mom in her best, my mom doesn't like to cuss. So she yeah. was like, she who says it is it. <laughs> like, all right. No, that's not bad, mom. That's a good comeback. That's a great comeback. That's like straight out of fifth grade. Wow. Right? Yeah, I'm yeah. not rubber. You're glue. Yeah. Everything yeah. that sticks to me will bounce yeah. off of me and stick to you. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I like that. She who says it is it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So she. You that's know, such th- a oh good 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 one, Karen. Go back to your own country. Like that's it, like the most <sighs> overused. Like. So, so I'm telling you, man. Listen, I and, and again, as a kid, I got the fucking Iranian a couple times, and but people were mostly accepting. I mean, I just had friends. Like, I, I had things going for me. I was I was good at sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had a pretty good sense of humor. Okay. And I was I was very immersed in the American culture. So right. you talk about Bugs Bunny or Leave It to Beaver or Eddie Murphy at that time. <laughs> you I'm knew with everything, you. Yeah. I'm with you. And also, I, I I again, this is all reflecting on my past. But I remember I had a big sweet tooth. So I'd go grocery shopping with my mom, and she'd have one cart of groceries, and I'd have one cart of like Twinkies and Ho Hos and Starbursts and bubble. It was filled. So when I go to school, I have one bag with my food and stuff, one bag with snacks. Hey, what's up, so dude? So everyone was like, Here's you're the fucking Here, man. I'm bribing my way into friendships, man. I mean, you know, that talk about being Italian. <laughs> Whatever you have to do, yeah. right? Here's a, here's a little Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want a cannoli? Here, try this. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> Change your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, you yeah. stayed skinny for eating all that f- junk food. Well, being, being athletic, I think it, even to this day, nowadays, under, under the pandemic, I find myself jogging just so that I can, like, drink wine later. Stop. That's my goal. Okay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Okay, I want to talk about right now, Pandemic yeah. Warrior, your specials oh, yeah. on Peacock TV right mm-hmm. now, guys, if you want to check out Maz's special. Um, so I want to talk about, you call it Pandemic Warrior. Why? Because this has been a war for you. Well, yeah, in a, in a way. So so what happened with Pandemic Warrior? So the comedy special was originally filmed December of 2019 in okay. Dubai. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I was on tour in the Middle East. And as a comedian, when you have your material, it's ready to go. You want to film it. So I've had uh, like five or six specials. The previous one was on Netflix. It was called Immigrant. Okay. That one was done right when Donald Trump became president at the Kennedy Center in D.C. Perfect like, timing. In his backyard. I was like cussing him out on my special. Oh, no. So I got a lot of people that were like, we love you. And a lot of people were like, go back to your country. I got oh, that yeah, a lot. Yeah. Matter of fact, I got, I, I have this dude's picture. I got I to gotta tell you later. But this guy. Some dude texted me like he found my number somehow. And he's like, if you don't like this country, why don't you? And he said my wife's name and my kid. Why don't you guys go back to Iran? And I was like, what the fuck? And I looked the number up and it was like some like total white trash dude oh, okay. out of Missouri who oh, has like my- a record and shit. And I was like, All right, I'm holding on to this shit. Scary. Yeah, I was like, How did he get your number? I have no idea. But I was like, I got I got his information. So if like if anything escalated. <laughs> You're like, I've like, sent this to everyone in my family. Yeah, I'm gonna fuck you up, motherfucker. <laughs> so um, so, uh, uh, but anyway, that was the previous special. This special uh, was ready to go. I'm in Dubai. I go, let's film it. December mm-hmm. 2019. At the time, the tour was called the Peaceful Warrior Tour. Okay. Now, the reason it was called the Peaceful Warrior Tour was because under the Trump administration, when you would do Trump jokes, people would lose their minds. Like Trump yeah. fans would lose their minds. Yeah. And it was weird to me because I had to remind them, we live in America. Because they'd be like, you can't make fun of Trump. You can't make fun of the president. I go, the whole point of America is we can make fun of our leaders, whether it's Trump or Obama or yeah. Biden. I don't care who it is. Right. So what happened was early on, I would do some Trump jokes and some guy would like heckle back and then i get in an argument with him. <laughs> and then the rest of the audience was like, what's going on, dude? And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I lost my mind. So then I decided what I'm going to do is Next time a Trump fan gets upset at me, I'm going to Tai Chi that shit. 
I'm going to be a peaceful warrior. Good. I'll still say my shit, yeah. but I'm going to take their heckle and just be like, ha, and just, just tie you. You just didn't even, it didn't hit you. This, I got it on my YouTube. If you, if people go in and put Maz Jobrani Trump heckler, that's it. There's a lady. It's at Flappers. A lady. And, a lady at Flappers in Burbank. I'm doing my Trump jokes. By the way, this is like, the Trump stuff comes at like the, the last 10 minutes of my act. Mm-hmm. She's having a great time. Everything's great. When I do self-deprecating, that's fine. Making fun of my kids, that's fine. Do some jokes about the Democrats, that's fine. As soon as I get to the Trump, I'm doing my Trump, and then I hear in the audience, I, as a woman, am, am offended? I go, what? I'm offended. And then she starts going, I'm a citizen. I go, that's great. I'm a citizen too. And I just Tai Chi that shit. She just yeah. keeps yelling. And I go, I go, isn't this a great country that you can have an opinion? I yeah. love that. Yeah. And I go, listen, you don't have to stay here. You can go if you want. Everyone you just, and I go, listen, I go, I only got two more Trump jokes. If you want to stay. So anyway, I Tai Chi'd the hell out of that. And I felt good about it. By the way, another side note, because the show ended with like, it ended successfully. I, I was proud of myself that yeah. I didn't yell back. Yeah. I go to the green room and my opening act comes in. He's like, dude, your fans are going off on that lady. So I was peaceful. My fans were like, you bitch, you, oh you interrupted gosh. the show. Anyway, so. I feel like people give comedians too much shit because it's like, what is your title? You're a fucking comedian. You make jokes. You joke about everything. Like you said, like you joke about yourself. You make fun of yourself. You make fun of your kids. You make fun of, you know, whatever. It's it's a fair game. Everybody gets made fun of when you're a comedian. Absolutely. Everybody. And it's a fucking joke. It's a joke. Like, that's what people don't get. And they take everything so personally. Take it personally, but also more importantly. And they're like, cancel him. Cancel her. Well, it's, it's like, It's ugh. my point of view. If you don't like it, don't buy the ticket. Yeah. You know? So if you don't like my point of view, go do your own show or go do your own blog or do whatever you want to yeah. do. And the thing with Trump that was interesting was it really became like before Trump became president and started saying the racist shit. You would do jokes about him being the, you know, the host of The Apprentice and people would be like, ha ha ha. Once he became president, started saying some racist shit. His fans went nuts. And it yeah. was to the point where I was like, dude, I'm not making fun of your grandmother. Yeah. My, own, my own mom actually liked Trump. So like yeah. now when I get into Trump jokes, I go, listen, just calm the fuck down. I'm about to deal with my own mother about this. So just <laughs> so it's like so that's so anyway, so it was called Peaceful Warrior because I was going around the world peacefully. Good. And then and then once I filmed it and then I came to the States to sell it and get it on you know on air yeah pandemic hit yeah and then what happened was when the pandemic hit some comedy specials that had been filmed before the pandemic started coming out on netflix and i tried watching them and it felt like they'd been filmed on mars it was tone deaf because there was nothing in relatable right nothing it was, relatable were, now we're stuck in pandemic covid's going on and the jokes weren't had nothing to do with it yeah it was like traffic jokes and the people yeah. sitting next to each other and they're laughing and all that so i said you know what if i'm going to do a if I'm going to put this out, yeah. I got to do a few minutes at the top just explaining yeah. I know what's going on. Right. So what I did was I took like, there's like a basically in the beginning of the pandemic, I was doing stand up like Zoom shows or Instagram live <laughs> from like. got to get that fixed. Yeah. <laughs> what no. is it? A, a Zoom stand up show? I'll be there. I'm telling you. So that's so I was doing it like in like basically a closet of sorts in our in our house. And so when you start the special. It's me in the closet going, hey, this is what's been going on. Yeah. You know, I do three or four minutes of that and I go, now let's go watch the thing I shot in Dubai. So yeah. at least I've put it in perspective. Yeah. And then at the end, I come back and do a few more minutes of, of, of uh, closet comedy. Right. And so that's why I, the, the title says Peaceful Warrior and then it crosses out peaceful and puts pandemic. That's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And, and so you've, have you enjoyed this pandemic being at home with your family more or have you been kind of like itching to be... It's a little bit of all. I think that but what it is is we have so much time in a day now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a long so day. So you go through like 20 moods in a day. <laughs> you know? It's, it's crazy. I do that on regular days. On regular days. <laughs> it's part of <laughs> having a personality yeah. disorder. Yeah. I'm telling you, like, I'll wake up. I'll be like, that was a great day. And then like five minutes later, I'm like, I hate my dog. And then, <laughs> then 10 minutes later, I'll be like, I love my dog. And then, you know, so it just, it goes through the, so, so one, definitely one silver lining has been to be home with the kids. Yeah. Like, like even like recently, because things are starting to open up, there's a lot of outdoor comedy shows. Yeah. So as a comedian, instinctively, we try to get on stage five to 10 times a week. Of course. So now that they're available. I, like, people text me, hey, can you do this Friday? Sure. Can you do Saturday? Sure. So I'll say, sure, sure, sure. And then it was time to go. And, and I you're like, up, I don't want to. Yeah, I told my wife, I go, I, I, God, I'd rather just sit here and open up that wine and 
watch what's what are we watching now yeah. like oh, the woody allen documentary let's watch that i don't want to go to jail isn't but, it crazy people have gotten very used to being at home i start to feel that but very at the same time listen we are uh, uh animals of nature i mean uh, uh, uh animals of, of uh um habit habit, habit yeah. yeah so i think like once I went and did the shows, I felt like you're oh, back in your I was like, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to being back on the road and doing stuff. But I'm also, you know, I'm also happy I got a year to yeah. spend with them. Yeah. And now you get to see like, you know, is your does your wife work or no? My wife. So it's interesting. So she was a lawyer by trade. Wow. Yeah. And then once we had the kids and I was touring, she wasn't working. She was just really with the kids. Mm-hmm. And then under the pandemic, it just so happened that a friend of hers was like, hey, you know, I, I need someone to help with some legal stuff. And so she started doing that. So she's been working more than I have. Wow. Um, but I find ways to like, you know, like you said, I do my Zoom shows. Yeah. I do I do my podcast. I do uh, now there's Clubhouse. I'm on Clubhouse. Have you, are you on Clubhouse? <laughs> I've heard about Clubhouse. I see. I have really bad ADD and I can't just sit there and listen to someone talk. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the people that are listening to this right now, yeah. like, God bless you. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't know. do it. Well, I listen. I listen when there's, first of all, there's two ways I listen to my podcast. When I go running. Yes. I just listen to them and it's great. And it's like, just gets my mind. Cause it's also like, you're listening, you're not listening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, or driving a long distance. Or driving a long distance. Yeah. And then clubhouse is interesting. Cause if you get the right subject, yeah, it's like, you can listen to the conversation and learn something. Cause a lot of times experts are on talking about whatever. Or if you're participating. So as a comedian, like just last night, I ended up in, you know, I saw some names I recognized. Oh, they're doing, they're roasting people. Uh-huh. So then it was actually kind of fun because now you, it's actually a good comedy exercise because what happens is the fans will come into the roast room and they'll raise their hands to be roasted. So they'll bring them on one at a time. And it's all starts from like your picture. Yeah. So you hit the picture and you're like, oh, you know, what's up with uh, whatever it is? And you're going off on the person. Dead. And I'm not, I I don't like being mean with my comedy. So I'm trying to like look for like a nice roast, but roast. You're like nice green shirt, (laughs) green guy. (laughs) Green guy. (laughs) You're like, wow, Maz sucks at roasting people. (laughs) Um, Wait, so, but here's my question. How do they keep, so I know how it is like you, you, each meeting has speakers. And then how do you keep from all talking over each other? It's pretty, it's pretty good. So what'll, what'll happen is like, let's say you and I were to go moderate a, 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 a talk. So as a matter of fact, what I started doing was I started, since my guests, my guests that I've had on my show, uh, my podcast, I feel have been so interesting. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, you know what? Some people might be listening on my podcast, but there's probably a lot of people that aren't. Right. So I asked a couple of guests to come on Clubhouse with mm-hmm. me. And I said, can you come do a session with me? And it was actually very interesting because now I'm interviewing them live. Mm -hmm. And I say, if you want to hear more, go to the podcast. Mm -hmm. But also what happens is there's people in the audience that can take questions. So like, for example, let's say you and I were to moderate a room. So we'd start a room and we'd come up with a a, uh, a title, whatever that is. It could be a topic or it could be like, you know, our podcast. You know what I'm saying? Brittany and Maz talk talk about their podcast. Right. And then we just go on and automatically the people that are following us, they get an alert that we're on. Uh-huh. So obviously we have friends of ours who are in the industry or what have you. So they might pop up and you might be like, oh, hey, you come know, join. come join. Now yeah. we have like 10 people talking Speakers. and you see the people speaking. And then every once in a while, you and I will come on and go, all right, guys, just to remind you what's going on. Brittany and Moss talking podcast. We're talking a lot of podcasts. Today. And you look down and there's like 1,000, 2,000, sometimes up to 5,000 listeners. So this is a popular app. It's hugely popular. I keep hearing about it, but I just don't know why. I'm just like so hesitant Dude, to even care about get it. Get on. Okay. And just like find, because what it does is like all these apps now. What are your interests? Bah, 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 uh, bah. Yeah. So then it'll tell you when these people are talking. Yeah. And then like I said, once in a while they have like, they had like Elon Musk was on and they had like four backup rooms at 5,000 people each waiting to get on. Um, there's wow. a couple of girls, uh, Leah Lamar and Nicole Behnam. They do a... They host a comedy show. That was weird for me because I go, comedy, you should see me. Yeah. But it ended up being so much fun. Really? Because it's like being on a phone conversation. When it's your turn to talk, Yeah, you and I are having a phone conversation and a thousand people are listening to it. Ooh. And we just, <laughs> but no, we just rant. It's so fun. And and by the way, we don't it. have to let any of those people up. Right, right, right. And then and then mostly the people that because they're really uh, uh, sensitive to like any trolls or anything. Yeah, it's still small enough that they control it. Yeah. If you troll, it's like you're gone. 
They control it. They you fucking trolls. I love it. I love it. Okay, well, that's cool. I'll have to check it out. This was just a great ad for Clubhouse. Jesus. What are you, is. one no, of you the owners? <laughs> I find out later, Moz is like the fucking- no, you, know, you know who I ran into? Uh, Whitney Cummings, yeah. who's a friend of mine. I was like, yeah, I've been on Clubhouse. I go, I saw you on this. He goes, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm an investor. I'm like, motherfucker. I'm of like, course she is. Why don't they Why don't they hit me up for- Right? You know, I get free salad dressing on Instagram. You and I were talking about that. <laughs> he said that downstairs. Free salad dressing. Dude. Hey. <laughs> It's been a whole year. You don't even know. First of all, I, I joke about this on stage now. Since we've all gone through the pandemic, I joke, I, 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 but I'm honest. I go, listen, I go, my agents and managers were like, this is the year to grow your, your social media. You got to yeah. post more videos. I go, every time I post a video, I lose followers. Do you? I don't know what, I think Instagram like is cleaning. What like, are you posting videos of? I just f funny shit, you okay. know? And so I think what it is, is I gain a few, mm -hmm. but then you, you lose because they clean it. They're cleaning yeah. like the ones that might've been, because here's They the, do delete followers all the time. So like dead accounts, they delete them. They must be dead accounts. Because I, I think, because what happened was there was this lady who was a fan mm -hmm. who was like, had like a million followers but she wasn't verified. And I was like, I don't know if she's legit or not. And she had like, uh, she was like one of these people who is um, uh, uh, like fortune teller, yeah. uh, you know, medium kind of. Right. And so at one point she was a fan. And, uh, and then she was like, I posted something. She's like, oh my God, you're so great. I think you're going to be getting like a lot of fans really soon. Next thing I know, my numbers jump like, like by 50,000. And I, I was like, did she just pay her yeah, farm to give me likes? Yeah, you can do that. So I think that's what happens. So I yeah. think what happens is every time I gain a few hundred, I lose a few hundred. I've basically been like, it's a weird number. I've been at 289,000 for like a year. Wow. And it'll go like 289, 200, 289, 600, 289, 300, 289. It just keeps going like this. Even when I'll have like, I'll post something and it goes, 100,000 views of a clip. Yeah. And I still, so whatever, long story short, People, you know, I was talking to somebody about like, well, you know, now that I'm sitting at home, maybe I can, you know, find a brand that I can be an ambassador for. I get everybody's like, hey, man, I got this new salad dressing. I swear to God. <laughs> All salad dressing <laughs> in DMs. Like, do you look like you eat a lot of salad? No, I don't know. But it was funny, too. Is here's what's funny oh is because I would I'll always be like, hey, what's your what's your advertising budget? They'll be like. Three bottles of salad dressing. Stop. <laughs> oh my God. I just had a company contact me about their, they have this, um, I don't even want to shout them out. It's a water company. I'm not even going to say the name. They just wrote to me and they go, Hey, we love your content. We were wondering if we could get three, uh, sorry, 10 video posts on your page for $300. I was what? like, are you high for wa like water? And why is your water any different than any other water that's out there? And I'm that's like, this just, is crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's like, the, you know, that's like a tone deaf kind of Ten a thing. 10 videos on your page for $300. I'm like, dude, guys, go fuck yourselves go on it. Politely. Uh, politely. I mean, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I don't know. Whatever. Um, We're going to take a quick break, guys. And we'll be right back with Mazdrabani on Worse First. Okay, we're back. All right. I love talking to you. I want to talk to you about some of your worsts. Yes. So you have some. I know you do. Yeah, of course. You have a lot. Yeah. Like hundreds. Well, my worst first, my worst first was, I, I was going to talk to you about the, 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 the first time I played a terrorist. Oh, no. Yes. In a movie. In a movie. So sad. I so know. So typecast. I know. That's I so know. hurtful. It was really bad. They didn't even see you. They just cast you on your last name. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, Jobrani. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, my, by the way, my it's name, Jobrani's has Italian. It does. It be, yeah, I actually yeah. was going to ask you yeah, at first because yeah, yeah. you do look Italian. I could be. And I, I lived a year in Italy. I speak Italian. You could play. Yeah, I totally could play. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but no, what happened was, so here's here's the story of it. So so what happened was, first of all, as a kid. What movie was it? It was a Chuck Norris movie. Oh. It was called The President's Man, A Line in the Sand. <laughs> it was a movie of the week on CBS. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I mean, oh that, I was. Oh, my God. Your I parents. Had, you're, I had to you, work. Go, you go to your dad. You're like, Dad, I got my first movie role. He's like, oh, it's very good. What, what do you play? You're like, I play a terrorist. He's like, oh, <laughs> great. Oh, yeah, you should have been a doctor. Good job, son. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, my parents didn't want me to do this. A lot of immigrant parents. Of course parents, not. Yeah, they want lawyer, doctor, engineer. That's right. it. And I actually went a whole path. Oh, I thought you meant the terrorist role. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> they didn't want me to do this. Like, I should, this is like, even now, no, they, 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 they like, my, they had me going down a whole other path. I went to college. I went to grad what school. What did you go to college and grad school for? I studied political science in undergrad. Wow. Thinking that I was going to go be a lawyer because my parents had convinced me I should be. 
Um, I'd done plays since I was 12 years old. Wow. In school. So I love, the first time I went on stage, I did a musical in seventh grade and I was like, I love this. And the teacher was like, you're good. You, you got what it takes. What musical? It was called The Boyfriend. Yes. And I was, so it was, it was seventh and eighth grade. It's like a 1940s kind of musical or something. So the song, I, some of the songs are still in my head. Won't you Charleston with me? Da, 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 da. You know the Charleston dance? Yeah. Won't you, you Charleston with me? And while the band is playing that, oh, vo do do So anyway, that's, so that's, so seventh grade, I, I auditioned for it. I love, I love Eddie Murphy at the time. I want to be like Eddie Murphy. A lot of the girls are doing seventh grade, you know, doing the play. I'm like, I'm going to go over there. Um, our school was seventh and eighth grade. So as a seventh grader, we get cast in the, you know, as background dancers. And there was a lady, her name was Shirley Bonbright. She was the director. Wow. Shirley Bonbright tells us when you do a musical, you always got to be smiling when you're up on stage singing and dancing. You got to be smiling. <laughs> So I, being a good immigrant child, listened to the adult. All the other American kids being rebellious probably don't listen to her. They're like, yeah. whatever, Miss Bombright. Yeah. I'm up there singing, dancing, smiling. One day I come in, I'm, a, I'm a, under the weather. I go, Miss Bombright, I'm sick, but I'm here. No problem. I start doing a singing, dancing. She goes, everybody stop, stop. Look at him. Look at him. He's sick. He's here. He's smiling. You got to learn from him. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm good. I'm and good that's how this. you knew you were going to be a star. I knew I was going to be a star. They got moxie, kid. I love <laughs> that. So I started doing plays, and then I went into my high school. And I, eighth grade, I played the role Little Abner and Little Abner. I don't know if wow. you, know, you know what Little Abner is. Of course. Is. So I'm I play, a theater kid, too. Yeah. yeah, so I'm like, you know, I'm this immigrant kid from Iran playing a country bumpkin, you know, Abner, wow. time to go fishing, you know. So I'm like, oh, this is cool. I go to my high school. We have great, like, plays is very avant-garde and i play batman one time we do, we do batman the musical whoa it was written and directed by the students and choreographed everything was done by the students and yeah. i played batman this is the same high school robin williams when it was called oh redwood God, high school stop yeah, where was it it's in marin northern marin. california okay so i played batman so you go into the audition for the terrorist you're like i've played batman i've played little abner i can sing and dance they're like great you're gonna be the terrorist yeah can you say hello akbar all right okay but guys i've played batman <laughs> how about can i be batman and say hello akbar <laughs> the first muslim batman Hello, Akbar. Oh, my oh, God. No. That's so, funny. Okay. I should do that as a sketch. You should. You should. Muslim You're like, Batman. <laughs> so funny. That's funny because he's like, I'm going to kill you, but first I must pray <laughs> five times. He, he prays five times a day. I'm going to kill you, but first I must pray. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, so how did you get So how did you get the part? Was so it what your happened first was, part? Yeah, so what happened was I was – so I wanted to get into acting thinking exactly that. I was like, because people say, why do you want to be an actor? My parents even went, I go, I could be anything. Yeah. I could be, any, I could be, I, it's amazing. Yeah. And so back and forth, back and forth, struggled to even get into it because my parents were like, don't, don't, you know, no, 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 no. I, I go to grad school to maybe become a professor in political science, wow. drop out of grad school, start doing plays again. Love it, love it, love it. Mid twenties, start going for it. And then I, um, this, by the way, this kombucha is working. It's magic. Good. I um, love it. Tastes good. Um, and uh, and so then I I start to pursue professionally acting in my mid-20s, 26 years old, start doing stand-up. And, um, and the first part I got was a guest star on a TV show called Sh Chicago Hope. Oh, I, that's great. Yeah. That's a huge show. It was a huge show, and yeah. I played a security guard. Perfect. I go, this is great, no problem. Yeah. The next audition I got was for Walker, Texas Ranger. It was a TV show with Chuck yeah, Norris. Yeah, of course. Playing a terrorist. And at the time, I didn't really know. I was like, oh, okay, well, I played a security guard. Let me go audition. I auditioned for both. Um, and I got that one. But but because I was doing the 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 security guard for Chicago, the timing didn't work out for me to do the terrorist thing. I was like, okay, great. I dodged a bullet. Right. Then what happened was I'm at the day job um, in the ad agency. Uh, I was in an ad agency oh, as, cool. a, as, a, as an assistant to the creative director. Mm -hmm. And, you know, back then it was like, I don't know, like I was making like $25,000 for the year. That's it. Wow. So I'm thinking to myself, God, I really should, I need to quit this day job so that I can pursue acting full time. And make $5,000 a year. Make 5000 Exactly. You <laughs> that's know. That's thinking. That's thinking. <laughs> Glad I used my political science degree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, I just need, I need one big gig to get the, get the hell out of here. And so there was this, I, I was up for a part in another movie that was going to be, it was Anthony Hopkins and Chris Rock. 
Whoa. Yeah, and they were like fighting terrorists, and it was going to be shot in like, uh, I don't know, somewhere like in Hungary or something. Mm -hmm. And they told me, they go, this is one of those, like it's called Schedule F or something. So like if you get it, by, because of SAG minimum, they got to pay you like, I don't know, forty fifty thousand dollars or something mm -hmm. so i was like oh my god if i get this i can just tell my boss adios yeah that takes care of the whole year right well i got really close on that where to the point where my agent called he's like listen it's down to you and another guy they just want you to make sure your passport's ready i was like i'm ready to go yeah and he called me you didn't get it Aww. ah the couple days later he calls me he goes but you did get this movie of the week chuck norris you're going to be playing an afghan terrorist this is just before september 11th okay the filming oh. is the filming is like early 2000, probably 2001. Oh, no. You're going to be playing an Afghan terrorist who is trying to blow up some building in Chicago. You are the mastermind. I'm the guy who's like the scientist putting the bombs together. And there was a there was a Osama bin Laden type character in it as well. Oh, no. You're going to go down to Dallas to film it. You're going to be gone for a week and it pays like $5,000 or whatever it was. Okay. And at the time I was like, well, I'll you know, I, I, sh I need to take whatever I can. I got to build my resume. I was new to, yeah. to the whole thing. Now, part of me thought what I'm going to do is I'm going to use my acting <laughs> to show why this guy's doing what he's doing. Yeah. Because as an actor, you know, they say, do your, write your, the, the actor's biography, write your character's biography. Yeah, yeah. How does your character yeah, end up where here? Where did they come from? Where did they come yeah, from? Yeah. So I put a whole backstory. I, oh I was God. like, this guy was in Afghanistan when the uh, uh, Russians attacked Afghanistan. And for some reason, he's upset at the Americans. It doesn't even make sense because right. Russians had attacked. <laughs> this was before September 11th. I was like, he was there at the Afghan-Russia war, but he's, up, he's upset at America for some reason. For not helping or whatever. Not, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then I go, I'm going to show through that. So now just to show you, and by the way, when I read the script, so Chuck Norris plays this professor because at the time he was getting older. Uh -huh. So he had this younger guy who was going to do all the karate kicking. And then uh -huh. he would do like some karate kicking, but the younger guy was the main guy. Okay. And Chuck Norris played a professor at a university. And there was, a, there was actually a moment in that script where Chuck Norris is teaching like whatever, the class on Middle East studies. And he goes, bah, 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 Afghan, da, 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 Muslims. And some kid like raises his hand. He's like, why don't we just bomb all of them or something? And then, and then Chuck Norris' character goes, now, now, Michael, they're not all bad. So in my mind, this I go. This is in the show? This was in the freaking movie. Or in the movie? Yeah, Sorry. so I'm sitting there going, oh, well, they're trying to say something positive about. This is how I'm justifying it all wow. for myself. So then I go, okay, you know what? Maybe they'll be into me saying to them, hey, guys, by the way, I think my character should play it like this. Because I think we should show that this guy struggles. For, and the director's you know, like, yeah, 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 that's great, Moz. Just put these bombs around your body. Girl, pretty much. Pretty much. So what happened was I show up in Dallas where they were filming it. I go in for my wardrobe fitting. And they go, here's your shirt, here's your pants, um, and here's your turban. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I go. So stereotypical. Girl, I sit there and I go. Uh, the, and the wardrobe lady was super nice. So like, I, I, I felt confident that I could talk. I go, I'm sorry, um, Jennifer, whatever her name is. Um, wh why am I wearing a turban? Well, the, you know, the producers thought your character would wear a turban. I go, oh, uh, well, listen, I, I've done my research on Muslims in America. Most Muslims in America don't wear a turban. I go, right. the people wearing turbans in America are Indian Sikhs. Right. And I go, furthermore, if I'm a guy who's trying to blow up a building in Chicago, I'm not going to be walking around with a turban. Yeah, it's so obvious. I'm going to walk around with a Yankees hat on. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or a Dallas Cowboy. You know what I'm saying? Or a Chicago right. Bears uniform. Right. Or whatever, you know, shirt. So I go, You're listen. like, yeah, that's great, Maz. Put the <laughs> turban on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So so the girl, so the poor girl, she's like, oh, okay. I go, listen, I go, do me a favor. I go, would you just talk to the producers? They'll understand. I Let them know the actor's done his research. <laughs> let them know the actor comes from a Muslim country. I know my background. By the way, a lot of like Muslim, people that are like religious in America, unless if the guy's an actual like imam at a mosque, you know, then he might wear the cap. But they're right. not walking around with that. Right. And also a lot of them will like, depending on which, because they're Sunnis, they're Shiites, there's all kinds of, it's like Protestant Catholic kind of thing, right? right? There's some who will like button the button up to here and they'll have like a beard going kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. I go, maybe like if I button my shirt up, I get a little beard going, but you don't need the turban. Right. Let them know. I've done my research. Dead. Gotcha. So the next day I go into my trailer, there's my shirt, there's my pants, there's what looks like a scarf. And I go, oh, I'll wear a scarf. She goes, no, that's not the scarf. That's a turban. You just got to wrap it back up.
I go, Jeez. I go, why? I go, they what? didn't even care what you just said. I go, you didn't talk to them? She goes, I talked to them. I go, well, what happened? She goes, they want you to wear the turban. I go, oh, God. I'm thinking to myself, oh, Jesus. And I go, okay, you know what? I go, all right, you know, uh, it's a negotiation. Fine, I'll put it on. Put on the turban. Feel like an idiot. I'm sitting there. And uh, so the movie was, star- you know, Chuck Norris was the executive producer. His brother, Aaron Norris, was uh-huh. another exec producer. His son, Eric Norris, was the director. Oh, my God. Eric is younger. Yeah. Now we're there. We're blocking our scenes. I got my turban on. I'm talking to Eric like an actor to a director. I go, Eric, by the way, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah. I don't think my character would wear a turban. And he's like, yeah, you know what? I didn't want you to wear one either, but my uncle who's the producer. They, he wanted the turban. So then it hit me. I go, in their minds, the audience watching a Chuck Norris movie needs the indication. Just You're the bad guy. People with visually. turbans are the bad Yeah. That's it. So anyway, I, so horrible. I wear the stupid thing and I'm like, oh God. And then, and then it was funny because I've done this on stage as a stand-up bit, but it's true. Like in the script, there was a little thing where it was written that like the Chuck Norris character is supposed to get in a fist fight or some sort with me and beat me up and then kill me basically. And like the day came to do it. And I think that timing was such that they were like, you know what? Why don't we just, we don't need to fight. I'm just going to shoot you. And I'm like, okay. And, uh, and then, and then they go, and, and now, by the way, it's a Chuck Norris movie, so there's a lot of stunts. So mm-hmm. there's all these stuntmen. Now, you know stuntmen and stunt women, they're badass. Yeah. They do crazy shit. Yeah. They fall out of trees and land on their back. Yeah. So there's been a dude the whole time that looks like me. He's like shaved this. They've made him look like me for my stunts. Uh-huh. We're ready to go. So we're getting ready to go for the scene where Chuck Norris is going to shoot me, and all I got to do is fall back and die. Right. So they go, all right, bring the stunt guy in. He's going to fall back and die. Uh-huh. I was like, great. And then they and they come over. They go, hey, listen, man, he can do it. But if you're willing to do it, we think you can do it. And I'm like, oh, so now all these macho stunt dudes. I was like, yeah, I could, of course. Fall backwards? Hell yeah. I can fall backwards. Done and it a thousand times. Yeah, and they go, and they go yeah, we'll, we'll show. They, they go, listen, this is what you got to do now. Listen, they go, when you get shot, now some, a couple of these dudes were like Israeli Mossad they're all like Navy SEAL type shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Guys, like, listen, when you get shot, a lot of actors, when they get shot, they don't realize, like, they they do a, they, 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 before they go back, they go forward and then they go back. Yeah. He goes, you just need to go back. Yeah. He goes, as soon as you get hit, just go back. Yeah. Got it. They go, oh, by, oh, by the way, um, we're uh, going to put a cushion behind you so you can fall back. Yeah. Okay. And just uh, uh, make sure when you go back, uh, you, you know, just land like on your elbow. Okay, great. Get ready for the thing. And then they go, ah. The cushion's in the shot. All right, get rid of the cushion. What? Yeah, get rid of the cushion. What? what? Now I'm, I'm supposed to just fall? Yeah, just don't. Listen, it's going to be fine. You you can do it. On the ground? Yeah, so when you get hit, just remember, go back. Oh, by the way, when you go back, don't forget, now that there's no cushion, you got to tuck You got to tuck your head in as you fall back. So go back, but tuck your head in, because if you don't, you can hit your head and get a concussion. I'm like, okay, where's that other stunt dude? Um, we're running out of time. Let's keep it going. Okay. Oh, by the way, um, you're going to come running at Chuck with a machine gun. And the machine gun is obviously it's a fake, but it's heavy because to make it look real. So when you go down, remember now we're going to, you're going to go back, you tuck your chin and don't let your hand, make sure your hand, if your hand hits like this, this is a heavy machine gun. It could crack your bones here. So you want to make sure that it lands, it hits the butt. So you're gonna go. You're gonna. So you're gonna go. Hit back. Head down. And butt. Remember that. Just looks yeah. so contrived. <sighs> I mean, Brittany, I'm going like, why? Why the stunt dudes right there? And you watching know you're me. gonna have to do it more than once. Of course. How many and times did you end up doing it? Like few, like three, four times. I'm doing it right, and they're like, oh, that was good. That was good. Do it again. And I'm just like, oh fuck. And they got like padding in the my lower back, and, and so you don't end up cracking your back. I'm like, oh, did it hurt? Dude, of course. I yeah. mean, I mean, but I felt, but I was like, hey, hey, I did it. It's one of those things where like you do it yeah. and you walk away. You're like, that wasn't that bad. You'd be and then, a fucking stunt man. Yeah. Yeah. And the next day you're like, oh, I can't get out of bed. No. What the fuck did I do? Yes. Yeah, one of those things, right? Here's the thing of it. Long story long. Movie is being edited. September 11th happens. No. September 11th happens. And now I'm going, shit. Yeah. I'm watching the news. There's like rednecks going around shooting Indian Sikhs just for having a turban. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I go, fuck, if that's the case, I go, if this movie comes out on CBS and some numbnut is watching it 
And sees you. Sees me. Yeah. And then sees me on the streets and freak, doesn't realize, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're I, like, you're that guy. You're that guy. You're a terrorist. Yeah. And not just me. <laughs> you're every, like, I'm Italian. Yeah, yeah. Hey, ciao, bella. <laughs> no, I was like, I was like, it could be, but not just me. Everyone else who's playing the Muslim terror. Right. I go, so I go, you know what? I go, guys, they, 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 I hope they don't air this. Yeah. And, and, and what happened was I, um, I, I write a letter to, Les Moonves at CBS. Uh-huh. I'm I'm a nobody. I'm still yeah. an assistant in an ad agency. Right. Write a letter to Les Moonves at CBS and to Chuck Norris's production company. You know, dear sirs, blah, blah, blah. This movie was made. I hope we can wait for the temperature to come down before we run it. Like the next day or two, whatever, a few days later, like in the trades, there's a quote from Chuck Norris going, we need to have this movie come out ASAP because it's in this movie that the, the terrorists get what they deserve. All that shit. Oh my god. Like, oh my god. Now I'm like bracing for like people coming after me. Dude, I tried watching this movie. It was it so was, bad. It was so bad. That no one even watched it. You yeah, no like I was sitting there going the only reason I'm watching this is just to see what they do with me. Yeah. But I go I have so like and I'm trying to be objective. Yeah. I go I so do not care for the protagonist in this movie cuz the acting is horrible. Yeah. The development of the story. I go this is the worst movie ever. And then my scene comes up where I'm supposed to get killed and I did all the stunts for. Man, you, could, you couldn't even blink. Like, if you blinked, you missed. Like, they edited it in a way where it's like, yeah, I was like, they didn't mean to fucking fall. Yeah. I, so, they just cut to you on the ground. They didn't just, even show you falling. Motherfucker. So fuck. Well, good then. Because that way you didn't get shit for it. But what a fucking beating. What a beating. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dry, go all the way to fucking Texas. Ugh. Do all the hair and makeup. Isn't that kind of funny? People don't realize about show business. It's like, I mean, you you go to another state sometimes to shoot a movie. You do all the hair and makeup. You're on set for fucking 10 to 14 hours. And then sometimes when you see the movie, they cut so much. Oh, yeah. That, like, it's just it's crazy how much effort goes into it and then what ends up even being in it it's the it's, biggest heartbreak when you see it like that that movie in particular though i was not i was like happy that like, they thank god i was i was happy it went under the radar yeah but you're right a lot of times when the effort that people don't know they just think no. oh you get together you make your thing right mm-hmm. um but yeah but and and then also you learn like that helped me learn to say no. Yeah. Because I did. I came back and I said, no more terrorist parts. And then there was one other, like, that's when the TV show 24, because it was oh, right. Oh, that was a great show. Great Peter show. Peter Sutherland. Yeah. I loved that and show. And they, they, they reached out. They go, listen, we got a part. The guy's a terrorist. And I was like, no. And they go, but halfway through the mission, he changes his mind. Oh, good. I go, oh, he's an ambivalent terrorist. That's some progress. Yeah. So that's the last time I did played a terrorist. It? I did that. On 24? Yeah. That's a great fucking show. It man. was a great show. If anyone who's listening to this, like, revisit 24 with Keith or Sutherland, that show was like a show that you can't put down. And that's back, like a binge show. Yeah, back then, the way it would happen is you couldn't watch it all at once. No. You had to, to wait watch it for 20, yeah. Monday at 9 or whatever it was. I remember my wife and I would order Thai food and just watch that. So fun. And then like oh. the, the whole premise of the show is that it takes place in 24 hours. So the show is called 24. Yeah. But then it's like all these episodes that take place over 24 hours. It's yeah. fucking awesome. It is fucking that awesome. That was a freaking but rad show. But he never show. goes to the bathroom. Oh, my God. Someone else said that when I was watching. They they're like, dude, they don't show this guy shitting they or pissing. just once. Or anything. Just for one time. I like when he's that. on the phone with Chloe. <laughs> Chloe, by the way, is a very funny comedian. You know Marilyn Marilyn Yeah, Rice yeah. Cub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's great. She's great. And she uh, was great in that. He should be on the toilet yeah. once on the phone with her. And she should yeah. be like, Jack, you need to go. He's like, Chloe, I, I, Chloe I got, I'm taking a giant shit. I got a little. It's been 24 hours. I'm a little clogged up. I mean, this just, uh, I'm a little stressed out, Chloe. So many people said that about that show. I mean, Kiefer Sutherland was great in that. That was a great great show that's so it cool was. that you got to be in that yeah it was cool i didn't i had no scenes with him but it was it was fun that that was a quality show and they yeah. were they were really good uh with what they did what other big shows have you done that i don't even know I've about, done, which I've, i should know i've been like what, first of all when i first started out my acting was paying for my comedy that's great yeah because as a comedian like when you first do the comedy store in the laugh factory they pay you like 15 dollars a set you can't make a living. They're like, you can pay us $5 you to perform. Pay. I used to. I used to. When I first did open mics, there was a place on uh, Highland Avenue. It was a coffee shop. You would, pay, I think it was called Highland Grounds. You paid them three bucks. They give you a coffee and three minutes on stage. 
Yeah, I paid money. But you pay money all the time. So, Amazing. so then, so then, eventually, though, my comedy touring was able to pay for my acting. Great. So, if you look at my IMDb, you'll see like I was like I was on Grey's Anatomy, NYPD Great. Blue, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Great. Shameless. I've Great. done all those. So successful. It's been fun. I mean, it's been. Listen, the most important thing that I always tell people, I go, if you find something you love, then just get into it. Yeah. Because somebody asked me, they go, when do you? Unless it's meth. Meth. Well, if you love it. If you love it, go for it. Get into it. Get but into make it, it a business. Like be the breaking best. bad. Be the breaking bad. Be the best at it. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, you don't want to be like second place meth guy. You want to be the best. Like no teeth. <laughs> oh man. I'm dying. Okay, so what what do you like better, acting or comedy or both the same? I love both, but I mean I mean obviously stand up is like I, I I'm probably best at stand up just because I do it so much. Yeah, you love it. And I get to talk about what's on my mind. Yeah. So it's interesting when you look around and you go, Oh wow, my my peers are like I, I feel like I'm on the level with my peers. Yeah. So that if I'm on a show with some heavy hitters, you go, Oh, what am I doing here? You go, Oh wait, I'm here because I deserve You're part to be. of it. Yeah. And as yeah. an actor, I would just love I mean I am dying right now. Put it in the put this in the universe. We're putting it out there. I want to have my own show. Yeah, where I can be closer to my voice. Great. You know what I'm saying? Let's put it out there. Let's put it out there. I mean, you have your podcast, which everyone can go listen to, which yes. is um, Back to School with yes. Monster Bonnie, which you guys should all go check out. And then your special Pandemic Warrior on Peacock TV. Do you just download that? What is that? Peacock. Yeah, Peacock TV. is it's the, the new NBC. It's the new NBC right. app. They have uh, the Office. They have oh, all kinds cool. of stuff. Oh, cool. Okay, so, so I think I think it's free to download. And right. then if you want to like upgrade to whatever, right. you can do it. But yeah. yeah, it's there. They got a lot of comedy specials on there. People Love should check it. it out. Okay, so guys, make sure to check that out. Make sure to check out Maz's podcast too. And yeah, we're gonna put that in the universe for you that you get your own show. Let's do it. I feel like you can. I feel like everyone is getting stuff right now. I've been I feel waiting. like it's happening. I've been waiting for this, yeah. this call from whoever it is that's handing those yes. out. Yes. You know it seems like everyone's getting that. Right? I mean, I'm not going to lie. Hello? Not white people, but everyone else. Everybody like, they're sick of people. all the white people. Every- Us white people have had our day. I mean, I'm not technically white, white, but they've had their day. You Hilarious. know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. it's not other people's turn. No, there's a lot of quality shows. I mean, what's what's interesting is there's more, um, there's a lot more platforms now. Right. But the, also the competition is a lot. Like, I, there's been times where I've been like, oh, I got a, you know, what a great team I put together. I put like writers and producers yeah. and we've taken our show out and then they'll be like, oh, you, you, you know, um, you know, uh, Martin Scorsese and DiCaprio and Kevin Hart and Will Smith and all those guys just walked in with another guy five minutes ago and they just pitched. I'm not saying those are the guys, but I'm right. saying that there are, it's of that they world pitch now. They the same thing. Pitch the same but thing I mean, and like they were here before you. You know, I feel like you could do it still. There's so many people that like, you know, the Trevor Noah's type situation, yes. you yeah. could do that in yeah. your version. Well, I am, you know, I, that's, that's part of what the podcast is, is to yeah. do that. And I think I've always been a big proponent of, Make your op- your own opportunities. You have to today, and we do. And nobody I do, wants and to give you. You anything. do. You yeah. know, it's like who you know, this. You don't have anybody offset going. Let's do that again, but this time just smile more. No, you just do your thing. That's all I've ever done. Actually, yeah. I've had not one thing handed to me. Like Beautiful. I've created all my own stuff when I started on Vine. I did all my own filming, all my own editing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. and then just from there created all my own things from then and then on. Like I've never had someone come to me and go, "Hey, we want to produce something for you." Yeah, I'm like. I'm no, very much it's like you have to do everything. That, listen, I would say a, a large percentage of people fall into that. And a lot of people yeah. don't know that. Yeah. Um, to the point where like I even, you know, you know, Edward James almost, uh, he was, uh, you know, Edward James almost, mm-hmm. he's, he's a famous actor. Yeah. I think he won the, won an Academy Award. Um, and, uh, he was, uh, what was it? Stand and Deliver. That was a movie that's amazing, but he's done a lot. Uh, years ago I was developing a, a show with him where mm-hmm. he was going to play my long lost father. My long father ends up being a Mexican dude, and I'm a Persian dude. Dad, it was it was it was actually really a funny idea. Um, but I was asking him, I go, hey, like, what, who, you know, who's been, who's helped you get the stuff most? Like your agents, your managers. He goes, I'll be honest with you. He goes, most of the stuff I've gotten, I started with me, and that's the truth for everybody. Every big thing that I've gotten, it's because I'm friends with someone who goes, oh, we thought Brittany would be good for this, or. You know, yeah. just it's just friends. Yeah. People that you meet. Like yeah. honestly, like it's so funny. People don't realize like you really have to make your own way. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So. And that's true. And not, not, that's not the poo poo managers, agents, or anything. Because no. there's obviously you, you, you hope to get a team that's hustling for you. Right. But, but it's a different means, time now. But also means, but also means don't sit, sit back every yeah. day and just stare at the telephone and be like, why yeah. isn't it ringing? Right. Exactly. You know? It's true. It Make is your true. own opportunities. Make your own opportunities. That's how we're going to wrap up this podcast. So we're putting that out in the universe for you. That'll be, the name, of our, that'll be the name of our clubhouse. Our clubhouse. Make, your own, Make your own opportunities. No <laughs> one gives you anything in this life. Okay. But problems. <laughs> okay, they give you problems. I loved having you here, I guys. Make it. sure to follow Maz on Instagram. You're just at Maz Jabrani on Instagram. Across the board, Twitter, Clubhouse, everything, everything. everything. Follow him on Clubhouse, man. We've pitched the shit out of Clubhouse, and I think YouTube, we might I'm get some YouTube, new YouTube. Maz no one cares about it anymore. Dead. Oh, I'm shit. just kidding. No, they do. <laughs> um, and just make sure to subscribe to his podcast. It sounds like you might learn something. Back to school. As one who didn't really love school myself, I might be having to listen to that so I can get some, you know, learn. So we I make can learn fun. some things. We make like learning conversation. fun. I love that. Yeah. And then make sure to also check out his uh, special Pandemic Warrior on Peacock TV. I've loved having you here. I really enjoyed talking Yay! to you. Yay! I love it. And thank you guys all so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. Leave comments who you want to see on upcoming episodes or any questions that you might have for Maz. I can pass them along uh, as long as they're appropriate. And yes. Yes. And we'll see you guys next week on another episode of Bye.